following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. So we're going to wrap up this series today. And last week we established that we have a God that likes to speak to his children. That's you and that's me. That, that's all of us. And for those of you that may be new to faith, that may sound odd, like God talks to me, like I can't see him, but he talks. How does this work? And we, we establish that through the word of God that we serve a speaking God, that he wants to communicate with every single one of us. He's not uh, some, on some cosmic level looking down to just hit us over the head with a hammer and even speak just you know, to the church on a, on a more holistic level. No, he is a God that wants to communicate with you on a, personal, on a personal level. In fact, we said that he doesn't have a speaking problem. It's that you and I have a lot of competing voices that we listen to, and oftentimes, instead of him having the speaking problem, you and I have a listening problem is really more what it is. And so when we talk about the gentle whispers of God, I, the way that I kind of I, I think about it is, uh, like a, con- a construction zone. Take, for example, you know, you're going down the road and they're starting to do work in this particular area. And automatically what happens is, is there's a sign that goes up, a sign that hasn't been there before, right? And it goes, it's just a little simple sign on the side of the road that says 55 when workers are present or whatever that speed limit is. And it drops from 70 to 55. And it's not, you know what? It's very rarely is it ever like uh, one of those people that is holding um, a sign for Subway or some other restaurant or just spinning the sign, you know, trying to get your attention, just flipping it up. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen those? It's not that, no. It's just a, a sign about this big that just says 55 miles an hour. And in essence, what the sign is saying is, hey, If you want a little bit of wisdom, you might want to drop your speed to 70 from 55 because over this hill that you can't see is a police officer (laughs) that is willing and able to issue you a ticket. And so we hear these gentle whispers of God and sometimes we're looking for a massive sign and a massive door to open and sometimes God works that way without question. But oftentimes, he works through gentle whispers, these these nudgings, this, this feeling that I have. And so this week we are, we're using the Old Testament passage from 1 Kings to illustrate this. And I want to I read this passage of Scripture to you today before we really dive in, in case you missed last week. But in, in 1 Kings 18, Elijah fights the prophet of Baal and secures a, a great victory. But in the very next chapter, he finds himself in this almost depressed state, if you will, this, this state of everybody is against me, that I'm not sure how I'm going to make it. And he actually is running for his life And he's hiding in a cave. And God has to come to him in this moment and speak to him and say, listen, I I gotta show you that I'm with you. And watch watch how he does this. Verse 11, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. I wanna show you what this is gonna look like, Elijah. 
And then a great powerful wind came through and tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. He, he wasn't, that, that's not how he was going to present himself and communicate. No, it wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but he wasn't in the earthquake either. See, for me, sometimes I feel like I need an earthquake. <laughs> Lord, I need you to put your hand on my shoulders and just shake me until I know exactly what you're, I, like, I don't do well, so I need you to just, and he said, this is not, this is not how the Lord showed up. It wasn't him, but after the earthquake, there was a fire, and the Lord wasn't in the fire either. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, this, this still small voice, this nudging, this prompting in your heart or in your spirit when you feel like you need to make a decision, but logic may say one thing, you, uh, this decision to have a conversation that you're, you're, you're not sure what to do, this, this gentle nudging of the presence of God. And so last week we established very clearly that God speaks, that there's no questioning that anymore. We understand that. But here's what I want to do today. I want to give you something more practical than understanding that God speaks. And, and we talked about how God even communicates with us. But what I want to do today, and if you're a note taker, you're going to thrive in this environment today, because I want to give you some extremely practical tools that you can walk out of here and say, you know what, I need to figure out, Lord, if you're talking to me. See, one of the greatest questions that, that I, I feel like I and probably the majority of pastors around the world receive is a question like this. Pastor Brad, I just, I'm just trying to find the will of God. I just, I don't know what, what I need. What's the will of God for my life? And I feel like I, sometimes I know, but I don't have clarity and I don't have direction. And today I want to help you. Uh, I want to give you some filters that you can filter every decision that you're walking through and say, you know what, is this, is this of God? Is this, is this God's voice? Is this God's whisper that I feel? Or is this my will that I feel? Or is this the lasagna that I ate last night and it's just making me feel weird? Right? Like, is this me or is this, is this the presence of God? How do I know the difference between these? Well, let's look at 1 John chapter 4. The Bible says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit or every impression or every prompting. Don't, don't necessarily trust them all, but test. But test, and watch how this is plural. Test the spirits, because there are spirits that are speaking. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us to try to guide us, but there's other spirits speaking as well. Test the spirits and see whether they're actually from God or not. And even Proverbs would tell us that there's a way that appears right, but in the end, it leads to death, that it will actually kill you. So what do we need to do? We need to know, I need to know, how I can take what I feel like I need to do, this decision that I make and the way that I feel like God is leading me, and I need to know, I need to have some clarity on if this is from God or if this is just my will. And so I want to give you four filters that you can use to test those nudgings that you're feeling, that gentle 
whisper. The first one is this. Does it line up with the Bible? Now, I know, I, I know, you. oh, Pastor Brad, that is so elementary. Yeah, 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 but it's also one that we miss so routinely because God is not going to tell you something that doesn't line up with what he's already written. Well, Pastor Brad, it just, it just feels right. Well, well what, is the, what does the Bible say about, I, I appreciate it and I love you, but I don't really care about how you feel about it. I care about the word of what, what the word of God says about what you're trying to figure out. Does it line up with the word of God? And through all of these filters that I'm gonna give you, let me preface it by saying that you can use one of them individually and that's fine, but it works better if you use them all together. Right? Don't just, don't just pluck one out. Use all of them together during this, this decision-making process. Does it line up with the word of God? And, and I want to give you an example here in Matthew chapter 19. And I'm not, I'm not picking on this. It's just a very clear example in the word of God to what we're talking about today. But the religious leaders, uh, the Pharisees of the day, they came to Jesus and they came to test him. And they said, hey, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife on just a, a whim. Hey, she's got gray hair, I'm out. All right, is the, you know, is, that, is, it, is it lawful? And, and here's what's beautiful is Jesus doesn't really answer the question. He actually responds more so with, why are you asking me? Like, why are you asking me? Haven't you read? Haven't, haven't you seen? Haven't you... And he goes back and he quotes the book of Genesis. Why are you asking my opinion when it's already been written? Luke chapter 21 would say this, although heaven and earth are going to pass away, my words will remain true forever. The word of God will never contradict itself with the prompting and the nudging that you're feeling in your spirit. So let me tell you, if what you're feeling doesn't line up with the word of God, then it was no doubt the lasagna. <laughs> it's also interesting to note that, that the devil tried this tactic when he was tempting Jesus. He, he tried the tactic of kind of taking the, the Bible out of context. And he would pull, see, we, we've got a bad habit of this in this day and age to pull a scripture out to try to make it fit our narrative. To make it sound, oh, well, well, I mean, look, this is okay. This is, what, this is one, that's one scripture. And, and what, what we need to do in a moment like this is, is use the whole counsel of God, right? This would be bringing everything that God has to say about a particular subject, bringing it in and then searching it out and seeing what God, not, not just plucking one thing out so it fits your narrative so you can sleep at night, right? And the devil did this. The, the, the devil would do this when he would tempt Jesus. And you read the accounts, if you want, in Matthew and Matthew 4 and Luke 4. But, but every time the devil would tempt Jesus, Jesus would respond with the, with the scripture and he would say, it is written. It's already, you, you can say what you want, but it's written that man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he would do it two more times and Jesus would respond and it is written. No, 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 you don't understand devil. It's already been written. And this is the whole counsel 
of God. Everything that God would say about it. And so we bring, we bring everything that God says in on the decisions that we make. It reminds me of a story that I read recently of a, a teenage boy who had just gotten his driver's license. You remember that day? Man, I remember it like it was yesterday. And it was definitely not yesterday. It was a long time ago. But he just passed his driver's test and he comes up and has this conversation that we've all had with, with our parents. Hey, do you think I could use the car? I love you, Dad. Woo, you're my best friend forever. I'm never leaving home. I love you. You know, what do you need? Can I borrow the car? He slipped that in, you know, after all the compliments. And his dad, you know, was a very gracious man. He said, you know what? I, I know you want to use the car, son, but let's, let's do this. Let's make a deal. Your grades haven't been great. So what I would ask you to do, I'm going to ask you to do three things. And if you can do these three things, then we'll revisit this idea of you using the car. The first is this. I need you to bring your grades from a C. I'm not asking much, son, just up to a B. All right, bud? Just, <laughs> you're kind of dwelling down there in the, in the bottom. I need, I need you to bring it up. Bring it up to a B. It's not asking much. It's just asking for improvement. And then, son, I need you to do something spiritual. I need you to start diving into your word more. I need you to open up the Bible and study the pages of scripture more. And then the third thing, this is pretty trivial, but I need you to get a haircut. Okay? <laughs> so three things that dad asked. They agree on this. This is a, this is a deal. We're going we're gonna to make this happen. The son is okay with it um, after a moment of frustration. But I think I can do this, he says. And so after about six weeks, dad comes back to him and says, hey, I've noticed. I'm proud of you, man. You got your grades up. C to B's. This is good. I've noticed that you're in the word of God. I'm proud of you. This is a great growing moment spiritually and educationally for you. But I got to tell you, I'm a little disappointed that you have yet to get a haircut. What? Okay, this is really part of the deal. And the boy responds to his dad. He said, Dad, I've been, I've been thinking about that, and I've noticed in my studies of the Bible that Samson had long hair. <laughs> that uh, John the Baptist had long hair. Moses had long hair. And there is strong evidence that even Jesus had long hair, Dad. And Dad being quick-witted, replied, he said, did you also notice they walked everywhere that they went? <laughs> That's funny. The whole counsel of God. Does it line up with the word of God? <laughs> the second filter that I want to share with you this morning is very simple, but it's, it's powerful at the same time. How you can test the, the gentle whispers and these nudgings that you feel. And it's asking yourself this question, will it make me more like Christ? Will it make me more like Christ? In other words, will, will the thing that I feel, if I follow through on it, will it make me more like Jesus? Or will it make me less like Jesus? WWJD. What would Jesus do? Because, you know, this is the goal, right, after salvation, is to become more like Jesus, right? You have, to, you have to know Jesus and be in relationship with him and surrender your heart to him before you can be more like him. So that's first. But after salvation, our goal, we wake up every morning trying to be more like him trying to love more, to show grace more, to reach people more with his gospel. We, we want to be more like him. And obviously, we're not where we want to be, 
but thank God we're not where we used to be, right? Every day it's a, it's a growing process and our goal is absolutely to become more like him. Philippians chapter two, verse five would say it this way, but in your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. So I had this, this nudging, I had this impression, I had this, I felt this gentle whisper and I'm trying to figure out, is it the noise from all the stuff in the world, these, these strange voices that I've, I've allowed into my world or is, this, or is this God? Is this the will of God? Is this the voice of God? Is this the impression of God? Does it make me more like Christ after I send this email? After I fire it off, because we all tough behind a computer. But after I, I press send on this email, will it make me more like Christ to the person who receives it? After I have this conversation of somebody that, that hasn't been doing what they're supposed to do, the way that I handle it, it, will it make me more like Christ? Make me more like Jesus? Here's another verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I take captive, you know this one, I take captive my impressions, my, my nudges, my thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. James chapter three, verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven, see here's the problem, some of you are saying, I don't even know what Jesus would do. That's, that's where I'm struggling. I, don't, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I don't even know what he would do. Watch, watch how James chapter three tells us, but the wisdom that comes from heaven, if you wanna know the wisdom from heaven, it's this, it's first of all, pure. Is what you, you're wanting to do, the nudging that you're feeling, the whisper of God, is it, is it pure? Will I be more pure? And then, then peace loving, if I send that email, Will it be more peace-loving? Is it considerate if I follow through with my actions? Is it submissive? This is another big one, that we, we misrepresent submission and authority in our life. Big time, we, we miss this a lot, and that's another sermon, but we'll, we won't get into that today. Is it full of mercy, good fruit? Is it impartial and sincere? Will it make me more like Christ? If you're trying to to figure out, is this me or is this God? God, I feel something, but, but I'm struggling. These are just simple, practical filters that you can walk out of here and implement on a Monday and on a Tuesday. When you walk in, listen, you know the way that you left the house this morning and you know the way that you're gonna have to walk in and it may not be the way that you want it to be, but these are some practical examples and tools that you can have in your tool bag to say, God, I wanna be more like you, but, but does this make me more like you? Does what I wanna do line up with your word and make me more like you? And, and third, does godly counsel agree? Does godly, does godly counsel agree with what I'm feeling? And I, I gotta tell you that before I pull the trigger on any somewhat major decision in my life, there are people in my world that I pick up the phone or I see face to face and I say, hey, 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 I need, I need some wisdom. As a 38-year-old man, I pick up the phone and I call my dad, who I know is a, he's a spiritual giant in my world. And I say, hey, dad, I know you have my best interest at heart, even if it's what I want to hear or not, but I, this is the way I'm feeling. I don't want to be blinded or shaded because I know what I want, but, but what do you feel? How does, this, how does this look and smell to you? Does godly counsel 
agree with what you feel in your spirit. I'm going to, listen, you can't trust everybody. Don't get me wrong. You can't just, you can't talk about it to, to your coworker that you met five minutes ago and ask him. It's, no, 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 that's not who I'm talking. It's people that you know are godly men and women that will tell you not what you want to hear, but will tell you the right thing and what they feel in the spirit. Because we don't trust every spirit. We try the spirits to see if they're from God. Proverbs 12 and 15 says, the way of fools seems right to them. But the wise listen to advice. Proverbs 19, 20 says, listen to advice. And here's the key. And accept the discipline that comes from it. Which means you probably won't agree with every godly counsel's advice. You may not agree with, the, with what they tell you. And at the end, the Bible says, you will be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Let me give you another one. Proverbs 24 and 6 says, surely you need guidance to wage war and victory is won with many advisors. Just to be clear, what I'm not saying is that if you get godly counsel and they tell you what you don't want to hear, that you throw it away and pick up the phone and call somebody else that you know will tell you what you want to hear. That, that, that's not what I'm saying. You got to find people and you got to trust people that you've allowed into your world to give you godly counsel. And when they do give you godly counsel, you have to accept the discipline that comes from it. I'm telling you, if, if, those people, if, I, if I picked up the phone to those people in my world and they say, Brad, man, I, it's not passing the smell test. I, something's not right. I don't, okay, okay. We have, to be, we have to become spiritually mature enough to say, okay, even if it's not my will, I'm okay with it. If it's not God's will, then I understand. I, I wanna follow after his will. You gotta trust godly counsel. You can't throw it away if it's not what you wanna hear. Reminds me of a story of a man who was on his way to work and said, Lord, if it's your will for me to stop and get a dozen donuts from Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Woo! Let the hot now light be on when I pull up. <laughs> when he shows up, the hot now light's not on. So he says, all right, Lord, I'm going to take a lap around the block. When I come back, if the hot, I know it's your will. No. Some of y'all are going to go get Krispy Kreme donuts when you leave here. Does it line up with the word of God? Does it make me more like Christ? And does godly counsel agree? And here's the fourth and final filter that I want to share with you today that you can walk out of here and begin to implement in your life if you're looking for, for that next step, if you're looking and you're feeling where God is leading you and calling you, and, and maybe it's a job opportunity, maybe it's the sale of a home, maybe it's a dating and relationship wisdom. These are, these are things that you can use to filter these decisions through what you feel the Lord is, is talking to you about to make sure that you're making the, the right godly decision. And this is one of my favorite ones, is this. Do I have peace? Do I have peace? And what's different from Christianity and, and other religions is that we don't just 
worship a God. We have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. And you've had this struggle as a Christian. It happens. You have this, this internal struggle where that old way of living, right, tries to creep up on your shoulder and says, oh, you need to, you need to go back and walk into this area of life. But you have the Spirit of God saying, no, son, no, daughter, you are a child of mine. You, what you did and the steps that you are taking are right. They will lead to life. And sometimes we feel this internal struggle, but that is the, the Spirit of God speaking to you and giving you wisdom and guidance along the way. The Holy Spirit talks in peace. The Holy Spirit speaks peace, peace. John chapter 14, verse 27. It's a peace that the world can't give. And y'all, this is powerful. Because there's some of us in the room today, there's some of you watching online that you have been searching for peace down every road that life will bring you. You've looked for peace in the bottom of a bottle and you didn't find it. You've looked for peace with pills and you can't find the peace of God in the bottom of a pill bottle. You can't find the peace of God in just any relationship. I'm telling you, the peace that God gives is one that the world cannot give. You can search and you can reach and you can strive, but the peace of God is on a whole nother level. Follow, follow that peace in your spirit. God is not the author of confusion, but he's a God of peace. So how do we do it? Philippians chapter four. This is hard in this day and age. I feel like this day and age, this is one of the most impossible scriptures or most difficult to live out. It says, do not be anxious about anything. If the last year and a half have taught us anything, it's tried to tell us to be anxious about everything. Y'all, I don't even know whether to, to like shake your hands or air, like I don't, I'm like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what we're doing. Like, and I'm not making, I'm serious. Like there's, it's caused even this unwritten anxiousness in the world. But he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, we're saying, God, I'm going to slow down. What are you trying to say to me? By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present these requests to God and the peace of God. Now, this is powerful. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding or human reasoning, the peace of God that transcends all understanding. It transcends the, the pros and cons list. That you've, and I love pros and cons lists. I make them. I, I like to see it on paper. I like it to make sense logically. But what the word of God is telling us is that his peace surpasses even logic. See, there's some things happening in the supernatural that you have that you can't even see in the natural in this peace of God that says it doesn't make sense. I know, listen, I know in the natural it doesn't make sense. I know there's, there's peace. You want to have peace because the job that they just offered you has way better benefits and you're making 20 more grand a year. But you don't have peace there, do you? because they don't have your best interest at heart. It's only gonna last for a season. Where's your peace? 
Do I have, do I have peace? It transcends all, all pros and cons lists. It can, it can transcend logic when you don't understand it and when godly counsel agree that, hey, man, we feel this way. We, we're with you. I know it doesn't seem to make sense on paper, and I can't. This is the beautiful thing. Sometimes with the presence of God and with the will of God, you can't even put your finger or your thumb on it to make it make. You don't, you don't even know exactly what it is, but you just, you just know that you know. And if you have peace about it, follow that peace, would you stand with me? And watch how, this, watch how this passage of scripture ends. It says this, and the peace of God will what? It will guard. The peace of God will guard. The word in the Greek is a military term, and it literally means a garrison. An army will surround your heart with peace, peace that the world can't give, peace that defies logic and human understanding, peace that will guard your heart. Come on, church family, here's what I want for every one of us. I want for you and I to live our life in such a way that regardless of what you walk out of here and have to face in just a few moments or what you have to face walking into the job on a Monday morning, that you know that you know that you have a garrison of peace that will surround your heart even when it doesn't make sense, a peace that will guard your heart. It doesn't matter what circumstances are going on in your life. You have a God that is willing to put this garrison, this army around your heart to guard your heart. In Christ Jesus, we want to live a life with the peace of God. So does it line up with the word of God? Will it make me more like him? Does godly counsel agree? And do I have, do I have peace? Here's what I know, and this is, I'm not pretending to be super spiritual here, but it's just the way it is in a group this size. There's people in here that are in the valley of decision and you're unsure, you don't know which way to go, you don't even know, you're so deep in it right now that you don't know what's up, you don't know what's down, you don't know what's left or what's right. You're in the middle of a situation and you've got a decision to make. And we're gonna pray for you right now that God has given you some tools today that when it, you seem so lost and so frustrated by it, that as you walk out of here today, you're going to start to make some sense of what's going on. You're going to start to have some direction like you've never experienced before in your life because you've started to filter it through the right things. And I'm believing that you're going to walk out of here today and in the very near future with clarity about what it is that you're supposed to do and what it is that God's calling you to.
And even if it's not for an immediate decision, when that moment comes, because it's coming, you're going to know, God, is this me or is this you? Or is this the, the competing voices of everybody whispering in my ear, telling me this and pulling me this way? Or is it you, God? And I, I need to know and I want to know because my ultimate goal is to be more like you. Help me. Help me, God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today and you're in the valley of decision, I want you to bring that decision to the forefront of your mind right now. Maybe it's a, a young adult trying to navigate stepping out of college and trying to find the right, the right avenue to send your life down, your career path. Maybe it's a relational situation. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's a job opportunity. And you're just unsure. Lord, right now, God, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would do a work in this room. God, that you would do more than any any mere human could do, that you would sweep into this place as we begin to filter these gentle whispers and we try to navigate whether it's us or you, Lord, and we're, we're asking ourselves in this moment, does it line up with your word? And if I don't know right now, when I get out of here, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna just bring in the whole counsel of God. I'm gonna see what you have to say on this issue this week, Lord. Does it line up with your word? Lord, does it make me more like you if I do what I feel Will I be more like you? And if I haven't already done it, Lord, I'm going to commit this week to picking up the phone, to having a, a coffee or a lunch conversation with people that I trust spiritually, that know me and, and have my best interest at heart, that will give me the wise, godly example that I need and wisdom that I need. I'm going to have that conversation this week. And Lord, if it's right, give me peace. And if I have peace, Lord, I commit to walking in that peace today. Bless us today. We need you. We can't make it without you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. amen. Come on, can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise today? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. The gentle whispers of God. Now, let me give you some homework. I like to give homework. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm very easy. Here's, here's the first thing. Three things that you can do this week that you can put into effect today is tune in to the things of God. You're trying to decipher, is it you, is it God, is it, is it competing voices? Tune in, open your word. Turn on worship music. Get in the word, get in your prayer closet, talk to him, tune in. And the second thing is just the opposite, tune out <laughs> to the competing voices. Turn Netflix off for a little bit. Turn the news off for a little bit. 
turn relationships that, that have no wisdom off for a little bit. Tune in, tune out, and then here's the final one. Commit to taking a step of faith to what, towards what God has spoken. I'm not saying you gotta get there, I'm just saying a baby step. Okay, God, I trust you. I'm tuning in to you, tuning out all the junk of this world, and I choose to take a step towards what I feel like you're calling me to do. And here's what I know, is that each step gets you closer to where he's leading you to. It may take a month, it may take a week, but you will get there. Follow peace, follow peace. So Lord, today I thank you for our time together. God, I thank you for this amazing summer crowd who has been such an amazing audience to be a part of worship and lift you up, to tune in to your word as we try, as we try with everything that we have to follow after you, to listen to your gentle nudges and those whispers. And God, I pray that you would bless them the rest of this day. Let them have an amazing rest of the Sunday and bring us back right here in the house on Wednesday night for it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. We'll see you right back in the house on Wednesday night. 